Chapter Forty Eight of the House by the Churchyard. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The House by the Churchyard by Joseph Sheraton Lafano. Chapter Forty Eight. Swans on the Water. At about half past six that evening puddock arrived at captain clough's lodgings and for the first time the minstrels rehearsed their lovelorn and passionate ditties they were dressed all in their best under that outer covering which partly for mystery and partly for bodily comfort the wind after the heavy rains of the last week having come round to the east these prudent troubadours wore though they hardly glanced at the topic to one another each had his delightful anticipations of the chances of the meeting puddock did not value dangerfield or rush and clough's mind was pretty easy upon that point from the moment his proposal for gertrude chatsworth had taken wind only for that cursed shower the other night that made it incumbent on clough who had had two or three sharp little visits of his patrimonial gout and no notion of dying for love to get to his quarters as quickly as might be he had no doubt that the last stave of their first duet rising from the meadow of belmont with that charming roulade devised by puddock and the pathetic twang twang of his romantic instrument would have been answered by the opening of the drawing-room window and aunt becky's imperious summons to the serenaders to declare themselves and come in and partake of supper the only thing that at all puzzled him unpleasantly connected with that unsuccessful little freak of musical love-making was the fellow they saw getting away from under the open window the very same at which lilius walsingham had unintentionally surprised her friend gertrude he had a shirt out on with a cape cut exactly after the fashion of dangerfield and a three-cocked hat with very pinched corners in the french style which identical hat clough was ready to swear he saw upon dangerfield's head very early one morning as he accidentally spied him viewing his peas and tulips in the little garden of the brass castle by the riverside twas fixed in fact in clough's mind that dangerfield was the man and what the plague need had a declared lover of any such clandestine manoeuvres was it possible that the old scoundrel was after all directing his night visits differently and keeping the ant in play as a reserve in the event of the failure of his suit to the niece plans as gross he knew had succeeded old women were so devilish easily won and loved money too so well sometimes these sly fellows agreed that they must not go to belmont by chapel is at bridge which would lead them through the town in front of the barrack and under the very signboard of the phoenix no they would go by the knockmaroon road cross the river by the ferry and unperceived and unsuspected enter the grounds of belmont on the further side so away went the amorous musicians favoured by the darkness and talking in an undertone and thinking more than they talked while little puddock from under his cloak scratched a faint little arpeggio at a chord ever and anon upon the instrument 
when they reached the ferry the boat was tied at the near side but deuce a ferryman could they see so they began to shout and hollow singly and together until clough in much ire and disgust exclaimed curse the sot drunk in some whisky shop the blackguard this is the way such scoundrels throw away their chances and help to fill the high roads with beggars and thieves curse him i shan't have a note left if we go on bawling this way i suppose we must go home again fiddlethick exclaimed the magnanimous puddock i pulled myself across little more than a year ago and twas as easy as as anything get in and looser when i tell you this boat was managed by means of a rope stretched across the stream from bank to bank seizing which in both hands the boatman as he stood in his skiff hauled it as it seemed with very moderate exertion across the river clough chuckled as he thought how sold the rascally boatman would be on returning to find his bark gone over to the other side don't be uneasy about the poor fellow said puddock we'll come down in the morning and make him a present and explain how it occurred explain yourself poor fellow be hanged muttered clough as he took his seat for he did not part with his silver lightly i say puddock tell me when i'm to slip the rope the signal given clough let go entertaining himself with a little jingle of puddock's guitar of which he had charge and a verse or two of their last song while the plump little lieutenant standing upright midships in the boat hauled away though not quite so deftly as was desirable some two or three minutes had passed before they reached the middle of the stream which was as puddock afterwards remarked gigantically swollen and at this point they came to something very like a standstill i say puddock keep your head a little more up the stream will you said clough thinking no evil and only to show his nautical knowledge it's easy to say keep your head up the stream gasped puddock who was now labouring fearfully and quite crimson in the face tugging his words up with a desperate lisp and too much out of breath to say more the shades of the night and the roar of the waters prevented clough observing these omens all right what the plague are you doing now cried clough arresting a decorative passage in the middle and for the first time seriously uncomfortable as the boat slowly spun around bringing what clough called her head though head and tail were pretty much alike toward the bank they had quitted curse you puddock why what are you going back for you can't do it lend a hand bawled puddock in extremity i say help seize the rope i say clough quick sir my arms are breaking there was no exaggeration in this there seldom was in anything puddock said and the turn of the boat had twisted his arms like the strands of a rope hold on puddock curse you i'm coming roared clough quite alive to the situation if you let go i'm diddled but i'll shoot you catch the rope i say thur or thith all over clough who had only known that he was slowly spinning round and that puddock was going to commit him to the waves made a vehement exertion to catch the rope 
but it was out of reach and the boat rocked so suddenly from his rising that he sat down by mistake again with a violent plump that made his teeth gnash in his own place and the shock and his alarm stimulated his anger hold on sir hold on you little devil i say one minute here hold hullo while clough was shouting these words and scrambling forward puttick was crying curth it clough quick oh hang it i can't stand it bleth my thole and puttick let go and the boat at its precious freightage with a horrid whisk and a sweep commenced its seaward career in the dark take the oars sir hang you cried clough there are no orth replied puttick solemnly or the helm there'th no helm and what the devil sir and a splash of cold water soused the silken calves of clough at this moment hugh hugh and what the devil will you do sir you don't want to drown me i suppose roared clough holding hard by the gunwale you can swim clough jump in and don't mind me said little puttick sublimely clough who was a bit of a boaster had bragged one evening at mess of his swimming which he said was famous in his school days twas a lie but puttick believed it implicitly thank you roared clough swim indeed buttoned up this way and and the gout too i say clough save the guitar if you can said puttick in reply clough cursed that instrument through his teeth with positive fury and its owner and indeed he was so incensed at this unfeeling request that if he had known where it was i think he would have gone nigh to smash it on puttick's head or at least like the minstrel boy to tear its cords asunder for clough was hot especially when he was frightened but he forgot though it was hanging at that moment by a pretty scarlet and gold ribbon about his neck guitar be diddled cried he tis gone where we're going to the bottom what devil possessed you sir to drown us this way puttick sighed they were passing at this moment the quiet banks of the pleasant meadow of belmont and the lights twinkled from the bow-window in the drawing-room i don't know whether puttick saw them clough certainly did not hallo hallo a rope cried clough who had hit upon this desperate expedient for raising the neighbourhood a rope a rope hallo hallo a rope and aunt becky who heard the wild whooping mistook it for drunken fellows at their diversions and delivered her sentiments in the drawing-room accordingly End of chapter forty eight recording by john brandon